What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Blacktop Podcast. We're a full house tonight, but we're online. Boys, how we doing? Be better if the Raptors didn't, didn't shake the bed for hey, almost every game and have to try to come back from 30 points down. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've been, I've been like kind of slowly becoming a part of the, the fandom. I, I really like that Raptors team, but, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks had to do it to them. Yeah, I don't know. Scoot wraps. <laughs> <clears throat> Celtics just became. Oh. He froze up a little bit there. He was like. Talking about how the Celtics just uh, firmly took control of the top seed, though. The Celtics. He was saying the Celtics are the worst team of all time. And that Jason Tatum is the 24th best player in the league. And Chris Stapps Porzingis is not a unicorn, but a donkey. Chin's <laughs> <laughs> like, man, what is going on with my damn computer? Yeah. No, nah, but that was a good game. I mean, they all really came down to the last few possessions. But man, Al Horford has the sauce, yo. <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh, God. I think it was what him and Brooke are like the only I think 35 year olds. I It was some kind of like those LeBron stats where it's like nobody except so-and-so has ate chicken and beef at the same time. You know, you know what I mean? But you know, Al Horford had a really solid game for sure. But you know, while Christian's figuring that out, man, you think five games was appropriate Rube? At this point, I'm not okay. Like, I want to pull it back. Like, at this point, we're not even surprised, though, right? I was surprised that he only got, he only got five games. Yeah, I was surprised he only got five games. I was thinking in the seven to eight range. I was saying at least he's he's gonna at least get two, but I don't know how. Like, cause we've seen punches thrown in the league, and then guys get one game suspension. And I'm like, damn. Like, if this was a David Stern time, guys were getting like a quarter of the season taken away. Um, yeah, I mean, Stackjack probably lost an All Star game because of that. Yeah, and so it's like five games seems really small, and considering Draymond's history of hurting other dudes, like I thought he would have gotten seven to eight, but I don't know. Have, you, have think... you seen on Twitter or X where everybody's saying at the end of Draymond's career, it's not even going to be basketball highlights? <laughs> it's just highlights like a super kind of like him just getting Did into see fights with dude. Pardon? Have you seen it? Like, there's people who've like replied to that tweet with two and a half minute videos. Of yeah, just yeah, I saw a lot of the nuts. compilations. Man, it's nutty. Cause like, here's the thing. I feel like there's almost a, a sense of uh, denial, I guess, when it comes to the Warriors, where Draymond still thinks they're like the big bad Warriors. Nobody wants yeah. to see him. Nobody wants to smoke. But you know, that's not the case anymore. Uh, I mean, Minnesota, ooh, they're looking good for sure. Yeah. We're definitely a little wrong on them there. But overall, I, I think it's just that we're starting to see the decline. You know, that's the only way you can really put it. They're still a solid team, no doubt. But yeah, I, I feel like Draymond's just trying to still maintain that rep as like, you know, the enforcer of the league, I guess. But yeah, Christian's, Christian said his audio's good. Chin, man. Firmly first in the Eastern Conference. How you feeling about your boys? <clears throat> to be honest, I think it was a pretty like impressive win considering we were missing two of the best starters on the team to begin with. Mm-hmm. I sure. mean, to, I, I got Derek White on my fantasy team. And I, oh, I've Derek White cleaned like, up today. Him, but, yeah. <clears throat> but he dropped 20, he dropped 27 today, and I was like, damn. Maybe I'm not dropping in for now. For but, sure. Yeah, so I, I find that the Celtics have really figured out a system where at, in, at any given night, like, they have someone that can step up. And I think that's so important to just, like, regular season play. And I think when it comes to the playoffs, like, it's going to be very different. I mean, in this sample size, just seeing, like, how good they can, like, turn it on if, like, say, Jason Tatum is not playing good, if Jalen Brown's not playing good. If Derek White can give you 27 on like an off night for your stars, like it's pretty, pretty difficult. For sure. Yeah. To that point of like the system, 
I feel like them and the the Nuggets are the team that are like kind of all in simpatico at the moment. I I feel like they're the most like sim sim. Yeah, I, I think they're the team that's like most like gelled together so far, for sure. But alrighty, y'all, we got a lot more to talk about from that. Before that, though, got a little quiz for you boys. So this is prior to tonight's games, but. There are six players shooting 50, 40, 90. Can y'all name them? Six guys. Steph Curry. Steph is not. He's slightly out of there. I think he's shooting like 49.3% from like the field. I think Luca is one of them. Luca was, but when I checked like earlier, I think he had like a bad game the other night. Is Kyrie one? No, Kyrie's another one where it's like they're like really, really close. They're like a few shots off. Jeez. Uh, here's, here's Booker. No, here's the one hint I'll give you. There's like one All Star, and then the rest are like role players. Role players. Kristaps hmm. Porzingis is one. Kristaps Porzingis is not one. Interesting. Right, right team though. I will, I'll give you that one. That's that's the right team for one of them. Is it is it Drew? No. Is Drew hitting 50, 40, 90? Further down the pecking order. Derek White? No. Derek White? Oh, down. is it Peyton Pritchard? The other white guy. Oh, Sam Hauser. Yeah, Sam Hauser's one. Okay. Oh, yeah, he was shooting lights out against Toronto the other, you know, yeah. last week. Sam, Sam, Sam's definitely um, one. Who else am I thinking? Tyrese Maxey's one. He's another guy where, like, it's like 49 points. He's right there. Yeah. What the hell is up with these point threes? Round up by the suckers. For real. Uh, hmm. <clears throat> What's the shooting 50, 40, 90? <clears throat> okay, give us the, give us the teams. Okay, so. The remaining five. All right. So you got the Celtic out the way. So you have the Bucks, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, two Timberwolves, actually, and then a Pacer. Pacers, is that. Wow. Is that Buddy? No. Who else could be? Oh, is it Tyrese? No, Tyrese is an all-star, so. It could be Tyrese, no? Is it? Is yeah, that, it is yeah. Tyrese. How is that one Obi? of them? It is Tyrese. Yeah, it is Tyrese. Uh, not he's he's not playing lights out. You see the last two games, he's got like 31 assists on zero turnovers. Oh, yeah. Like he's that. he's dogging right now. 100%. Yeah, absolutely insane. All right, uh, so you the got the pacer out the way. Yeah, Chet. Then you got um, a buck and two wolves. Buck, who's the buck? Is it? Is it Mike Conley? Mike Conley is one of the wolves. Yeah. And the other, is it Anthony? Is it Ant? No, no, no. no he's an all star. So, is oh, who is shooting lights out on that team? Is it slow mo? Close, but no. Is it not? Is it? Uh, is it not? Yeah, Nasri is the other yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. All right, last one. Uh, he's a buck. He's a uh, he's a role player though, so he's not like. Is it Malik Beasley? No. Oh, he was just shooting lights out against. The yeah, Raptors, Malik. So. Honest, Malik might have actually shot himself into it based off today. <laughs> yeah, campaign. Yeah, campaign is the last one. <laughs> yeah, he's shooting nice too. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> which you know, last oh, last good, little last little aside before we get into like our first month awards, which is what the main thing point of this podcast today is going to be. Who would you guys say have like ugly jumpers, but that shit goes in all time? Oh, man. That's the first one. It's going to be the first one. Ron Artest has a pretty nasty looking one. Right? Yeah. It's like he's like fisting it. He's like shooting it. Like yeah. This. Yo, you know who's like, who shoots like a Tito? Who? Joe Ingles. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe Joe takes it like from the back here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Me, me me personally, I think like before you said all time, like the person I realized who doesn't have a nice form, but he always hits his shot is Cat. Like his form does not look like yeah, very clean. Oh, I think like but all big men have like it's, it's very straight. Yeah. Yeah, but his shots always be going in. Even even Jokic's is like 
right here, and then he like he's like here, yeah, it's like a cattle. Oh, he he kind of cranks it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he got, he cranks that thing, bro. It's like a slingshot. For sure. That thing's like the old like uh, what's the trebuchets like back in the day, bro. He like in nineteen. You no, know, you know who Jokic sh- shoots like? He shoots like Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> For real? <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, bro. Manny Pacquiao. No, Sean Mary is definitely uh, a good one. That's the one I was thinking of. Shane Battier didn't have a very nice jumper. Like his his was like kind of like here. And uh Reggie Miller definitely had an ugly jumper, but Ooh, that stuff went in all the yeah. time. Yeah. Um Damn, who else had an ugly jumper that just was cash? That's actually hard now you think about it. Damn. Yeah. Kind of, I feel like we named most of like the people yeah i'd say lamello is up there to be honest too oh yeah lamello's got like lamello shoots it like how little kids shoot shoots it like from his chest yeah yeah sga's got a weird here weird hitch in his jumper too sga yeah. and tyrese halliburton both of them have oh weird hallie's hitches. yeah that's, that's a big much, one yeah his is his is much more apparent than um much more apparent than uh SGA's but SGA's is is like he's got a weird hitch and he has a stop point where it's like there and then he does a little release where it's not a very smooth jumper and it's weird because his game is so smooth and then once he releases once he pulls for the shot there's like a little hitch in it yeah I think that's why he does a lot of his work off the dribble <laughs> yeah that's a good one yeah Oh, Dylan Brooks, man, he's been shooting lights out with with the Houston Rockets. This he year. was like, jump, 50, like he was like sixty fifty like earlier this year. Bro, he shoots like this. Hey, but as we were saying, as long as that shit goes in, it's like JBL, man. <laughs> oh my goodness! Alrighty, y'all. So we're about a month into the season. It's been a lot of great basketball going on. There might be some teams that we feel are completely out of it that could end up you know in the plan who knows let's start here though six man of the year who y'all got this is a very highly coveted award i feel i feel like this should be named the jamal crawford award for sure the six man of the year who y'all got for this i think off the top of my head uh but I don't know how it would contest because of like restrictions. I just think the best player that's been coming on and off the bench, all depending. Chris Paul is up there, but I think he still falls into a starting lineup player. I need to. I need to think about this one. Has he? Has he start, how many? Yeah, how many games has CP CP's started? CP's maybe started, started like games. two of the ten or three, if you count yesterday. What's the eligibility again? It's like you have to. It's like as long as you, as long as you're at least over half. Over okay. half, so you gotta be at least forty. What forty two games yeah. off the bench this year? I mean, mm. Karis Levert just had his first start a couple days ago, no? Mm. And then he's been he's been in the starting lineup, or has he been knocked back on the bench? I feel like he's been. He had a big game off the bench not too long ago. Like he leads. I was looking it up earlier. He leads the league in. Uh, bench points yeah so you're saying Karis you're saying the boy it's tough man I mean for me I would right now I'd probably say CP just because they're winning the minutes without Steph on the floor yeah and I think like the impact he's had like he's also leading you know I think he's the league leader in assists off the bench too Um, so I think I might have to give it to CP at the moment CP, I can definitely see that. Because, yeah, their first time in history, they're winning the the non-Steph minutes. For me, though, I feel like this is Malik Monk's award. You know, he's a guy that I think is, like, fully naturalized to the six-man role. It's, like, big, too, because he still closes games. But, you know, he's averaging, like... I think he, he was, like, the only guy outside of, like, Malcolm Brogdon who was... Like top five in both points per game and assists per game coming off the bench but you know when you look at like how that Kings team is looking who they're going to rely on you know when De'Aaron Fox has been out for the past few games Malik Monk has really picked up the slack there 
And even that was still coming off the bench, guys. I guess because like they want him to stay locked into that, like the rhythm of that. But for me, I think it's got to be Malik Monk for sure. That's fair. Who do you got, Chen? Yeah, I think I still got Chris Paul too, honestly. I think his numbers and productivity will probably increase to a point where he'll be in more contention, but. I think definitely being an assist leader off the bench is like huge. And mm. I think if you were to probably, you know, I'm not one to dive into plus minuses, but I'd say Chris Paul definitely falls into like net positives every game, if I had For to sure. guess. And I feel like once his like shooting splits start to regress back to the norm or progress more so, I'd say, I feel like, yeah, he'll. The, the case will feel more like cemented for sure Absolutely. I, I gotta throw in another guy i think like i'm just looking at his advanced stats right now like his impact on the floor can i guess I mean, who it his... is because i feel like i know who you're thinking of yeah no i was gonna say tim hardaway on the Mavs. oh yeah for sure because like i mean right now they're currently what they're i didn't think that they were gonna be a 93 to start the year they're hooping and he's obviously he's averaging he's the second leading scorer off the bench in the league right now at 17 and a half mm-hmm. so don't i mean he's don't worry they'll be 41 and 41 by the end of the year <laughs> I'll, I'll be shocked if they manage to hit 41 and 41 i think uh they're they're looking really good man that's yeah. a, i think they're like firing on all cylinders right now i just feel like their team is in terms of the fit right now, the the guys that they brought in, and like if let's just hope Derek Lively stays alive, stay or stays alive, stays. He's been, he's stays been holding his own though, yeah. No, he's been really good. No, he's been really good. Like so, I mean, but he's he's but, pretty much what they've needed. Yo, y'all know who got his first his first like legit regular season minutes today? Who's that? The Canadian man, Keontae George. No, 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 no talk about no, for the Keontae Mavs. George played his first. Keontae George, I think, oh, uh, started for the first time last year. Oh, uh, Omax? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Omax got his first Omax, burn. Yeah. Let's see, how'd he do? You know, seven minutes, two, two, and one. That's not terrible. She. <laughs> you give him the MVP already. 100 for seven, man. That's a future all-star right there. Oh, but, but I agree. I, I think the Mavs are a team that are just brewing. You know, they. Yeah. I think they have everything to really be one of those upper echelon teams in the West. And we've seen like recently there's been a lot of really good offenses. So it's not necessarily the defense. That'll be the be all and end all. But cause you know, whenever you have Luca, you're always going to give your team a chance. He's one of those guys, but I think, yeah, the guys they brought in this year, it's, it's looking promising for sure. Yeah. All right. MIP. Cause I, I, yeah, I was gonna say I think it's this, this is pretty consensus. Yeah, because I mean, uh, yeah, a fifty piece, insane. Yeah, he looks good, man. He looks so good, and uh, it's funny because I was talking to like you know uh, a Philly fan, a guy who covers the the Sixers, and he had a conversation with Nick Nurse. It was cool. We we talked about this a bit offline. How like who we were talking about, and uh, it's the culture shift that Nick Nurse has brought and he's ultimately said to that team that the ball is and is going to be in Maxi's hands and it's not so much like obviously the departure of James we're going to talk about it a bit like but it's also the fact that he's kind of taken on the reins and realized now that without any without looking over his shoulder he has the ability to create for other guys and and we've always seen him mostly as a really great scoring threat but what he's doing right now is setting up other guys and putting them in position to be successful yeah. like you're seeing guys like Tobias Harris playing really well so you're seeing like a, a a better field game from from Maxi this year, and like now you get to see like the best parts about his 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 game. So it's also a natural progression when you when you get the ball in your hand. You're just gonna be able to do so much more. His confidence is un, unreal right now too. Oh yeah, he he just looks like way more polished than I think what initially you would have thought coming out of the draft. And, you know, yeah. he's he's a guy I think is really he embodies the MIP, you know, taken late in the draft. You know, you had a decent first year, second year really what went really well for him. But now it's like, man, yeah, he's he's definitely I'd be surprised if he's not an all star this year. 
away team. Yeah, game. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he, he's playing on a superstar level right now, to be honest, averaging 28, yeah. 5, and 7. Yeah. Like, that's that's not even, like, he's not even at a contention of just MIP. I'm not saying he's a contention of MVP, but it's kind of like how John Morant won the MIP award. Like, he just took that much of a step up. For sure, for sure. But Tyrese Maxey is a guy where, like, you're not necessarily expecting him. Because, like, I mean, we can all agree. I think Jaw kind of... I don't want to say killed the award, but kind of. Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he kind of did. He kind of did kill the award. The fact that we're giving it to a third, uh, to a you know a third year player is insane because this is typically guys who've been in the league for a while, and then you kind of see like their, you know, their assert their their ascension mm-hmm. after a while. They've been in the league, but screw it, man. Like Maxi's Matt, his his step up from last year is just another level. Right? Yeah, like that's and. And I think that also speaks to the talent that's coming into the league. Like, Jaw broke the award simply because, like, the step that he took from year two to year three was absolutely insane. Oh, for And sure. right now, Maxie's doing the exact same thing where he's putting a 50 ball and he's averaging almost 30 points a game on a team that's, you know, second in the East. I mean, it's it's really hard to fight against that case. And you know what's even more beautiful? It was, like, 50 primarily on buckets. I think he yeah. shot he shot less than 10 free throws. But yeah, Maxi, Maxi's one of the ones. Who's another, you know, Ruben? I, I'm curious. How are you feeling overall with like Scotty so far in the season? Because he's another guy I think you could throw oh. into this. But man, yeah, let's I, hear it. Yeah, I was gonna say Scotty would probably be my second guy in this conversation. I mean, the only reason this season is fun for me to watch is the is again the resurgence or the ascension of Scotty after he had like a sophomore slump year. He didn't get really, really get to start last year on a healthy note. Um, I think he was dealt a bad hand last year, and now this year, like you're seeing that. Quite frankly, I know this is a bit of a hot take, but I'd say he's a better overall player than Pascal. Like in terms of his ability to impact both ends of the floor, I think he's just a much more uh, sound. It's just and with his athleticism and his size and his strength, like he's just naturally a better guy on the low post, like he's naturally a better playmaker because he started out playing point guard in, in high school and college. And Pascal had to develop his game to get to that point. Like we all knew when he came in that he was just a rim runner mm. for about two to three years until he was a spin. Merchant. He won most improved. Yeah. Was, yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> like, but uh, it's unguardable to be fair, but mm-hmm. I mean, he, in his third year, he wins, you know, actually, yeah. In a fourth year, he wins, um, MIP, right? Oh, no, the third year here won MIP. So if anything, I think Pascal might have broken. Year, yeah. yeah, he he was his third year. But he wasn't an all-star that year or anything like that. But um Yeah, when it's all said and done, like Scotty's clearly the the franchise cornerstone after a month. And even in games when he's struggling with his shot, he's able to impact the game other ways. And that's what you want from your true superstar or franchise cornerstone player. Right, you see guys like Giannis or you know all these other players who can impact a game without scoring. That's what Scotty does, right? So I think even after a game like this against Milwaukee, it makes it all the more apparent that you know the front office has to build around around Scotty oh, moving forward. I mean, if you get the proper team around Scotty, I it's like an easy twenty five, ten, and six. Those yeah. that's the kind of Scotty numbers he can put up for sure. Hashtag spacing. That's the most important thing in the league today, and the Raptors have none of that shit. Oh, oh my man. god! I mean, today was kind of evident of that. But I mean, you were missing. You were missing uh, Gary Trent and OG. OG. Yeah, OG's OG's obviously massive because he's like your best perimeter defender. And without Giannis there, you'd probably plug OG on Dame. And OG's OG's defensive numbers against Stars this year has been insane. Oh yeah, OG's been OG's been locked up this year. Sure. Yeah, I think I would probably put him as the defense player of the year. If only the Raptors had a better record this year so far. No doubt. No doubt. Another person I feel like I want to give some flowers to, man, Cam Thomas, bro. He's been so yeah. much fun to watch this year. You know, he's another bucket in a long line of these Oak Hill products. Because, I mean, you know, you got Melo, Brandon Jennings, Jerry Stackhouse, KD, the greatest of all time, Steve Blake. You know, Cam Thomas is right, right up there with those guys. So Steve Blake. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted Jordan to throw that Fugermore. in there. Oh, hey, a lot of dogs there. <laughs> a lot of dogs. 
But uh, Cam Thomas, I feel like oh, Timothy yeah. Lawelway Cabarro. TLC. Holy oh, god! My goodness, but yeah, Cam Thomas. He's like, he's just kind of forced his way into like outside of just being the idea of a six man because if you're averaging twenty seven four and four with a like, you know, the the three points not there. We know that's not his game. But overall, like some pretty solid like lines. I mean, it's it's been really fun to watch for sure. And when you look at like the Nets as a whole, you know, we haven't seen Mikel really return to form with being like the number one kind of option. But you don't really need that from him when you got Cam Thomas on the floor. But I mean, overall, that Nets team has been really fun to watch. It, it just sucks that they're going through some injuries right now. But yeah, Cam, whew, man. To be honest, to be honest, if he doesn't regress, like with the numbers he's putting up, he probably could win MIP. Even though, you know, yeah. we see Tyrese Maxey making the leap, like Cam Thomas is putting up the numbers like we thought he was only putting up for a moment last year, but he's like been putting up the numbers like to start the season this year. For sure, for sure, <laughs> You're Hooper. Yeah. Oh yeah, I he mean, is. Cam Thomas probably lives on the on the block away from. Uh... What's it called? Oh my gosh. It's totally it. Rucker. Probably there's a block away from there. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's probably there every day when he's not playing. For sure. Anybody else you want to get some MIP love to Chin? You know, Cam Reddish? No, I don't got no one. Man. Cam Reddish. Hey man. Jesus Cam no, Reddish I, is I getting think, real I, minutes. I think right now until What's Evan Fournier doing? He's got his ass on that fucking bench. Oh, Cam Reddish still sucks. <laughs> I will give one. I will give another shout. Out. I know he was in the conversation during Jaws' year, but Desmond Bain. I think just the way he's playing. I know the team is not great right now, but um, every year he's improving slowly and steadily. So uh, I mean, he's he's thirteenth in the league in scoring at the moment. So you know, got to give that guy some love because he's playing really well right now too. Mm-hmm, for sure. Another guy, I guess the last person I'll mention, AP. Alfred Shingun, you know, he's I think he's like one of the primary reasons that the Rockets are looking as good as they are. You know, they're finally using him as like kind of like a Jokic where his hands on the ball primarily and then everybody else is kind of feeding off of him. So that's been really, really amazing to watch so far on the season for sure. All right, DPOY. Y'all think there's OG any... Ananobi. OG? <laughs> OG Ananobi. For me, I, I think I got to go with Rudy. You know, he's he's back in form. Yeah, Rudy's been good. Best defender on the best team at the moment. You know, he, he's he's dogging. Oh, looks like Christian's Wi Fi is pooping out again. All good. But yeah, yeah right, I agree with the Rudy pick. He's been really good, man. Yeah, think, uh, and there hasn't really been anyone to really challenge him in a sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I think like just in terms of impact, I mean, they they found a way to finally make it work. Hey, he's, the change can still come. Definitely. Yeah. You but know I who think, I think? Oh, sorry, oh, go no, I, I was I was gonna mention someone else. Who, 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 what are we gonna say? I was I was gonna say Porzingis deserves some love in that conversation at the moment. Mm, is that what you yeah, were gonna say, Chin? Okay. No, no, I actually have a sleeper pick that I think you know is unlikely, but if he was on the right team, would see some love for this. Is a Sar Thompson man? Oh, he's, he's averaging real. one. I don't Bro. know. If he's average, he's almost averaging two steals, two blocks a game. Asar is a pro- fucking opinion, dog, think- yo. Holy. Like, if there's no Wemby like, or no Chet, Asar is like looked at as like the greatest thing since sliced bread, honestly. He's averaging like a double double with two blo- like almost two blocks and two steals. He's like, like six in the league in I- rebounds I genuinely- right now, I think. Yeah, I think at one point he was just behind Jokic, if I'm not mistaken. He might he might have gone down since then, but he's he's been a league leader in blocks or not in blocks, sorry, in assists or rebounds. Fuck. The only thing is like, 
you know, I respect that he's willing to shoot the three, but you know, at 16%, that's not really should be something you rely on. But no, he he's, you know, there's there's one tried and true like sort of basketball saying you could describe Alstar Thompson as, you know, just plays the game the right way, you know. But no, when it comes to DPY, yeah, I feel like it's absolutely. Rudy's right now. It's not really anybody else's, right? Right. It's hard to it's hard to argue that it's anybody else's just based on his defensive impact at the moment. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I I could see someone like Miles Turner finally making an emergence as like a candidate for that award. I think if the Pacers keep like, fuck, I guess their pace up, fuck, they uh they look like a good candidate in terms of winning because I I think right now they're also at eight and three in the East, and Miles Turner's been a, like a substantial big part yeah, of that. They defense, just beat but... the they just beat the Sixers yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I think the only thing with them is like they have to have at least a decent defense and with how everybody's sort of sure. labeling them as like the next six seconds or less offense like a la like Phoenix when they were running it uh, we, we we know the defense wasn't the, the primary focus for them so you know hopefully they can get it because yeah I, I think this is sort of the first year where Miles Turner is looked at as like like a consensus uh, top tier like center, I feel. I feel like he's gone very underrated the past few years. That's, That's just me. Or do y'all feel the same? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I I think he's on a level of like emerging as one of the next players. Like, I think it's been talked about a lot, and I think. To be honest, like when you kind of see how much usage he actually gets and how many minutes he gets a game, he's not even really at a level where like he gets to like be as impactful yeah. as I think he could be. Well, it's health and opportunity, right? I think it's those two things. That together. too. So I think like I think this season is probably one where hopefully like fingers crossed the consistency is there. Because like there's no doubt that he has the ability to be a DPOY candidate. It's just really consistency and health. No doubt, no doubt. Because, yeah. yeah, he's he's a guy that... He's led the, the league in blocks, like, twice so far, I think, right? During yeah. his career? So, definitely, definitely one of them ones. Alrighty. Rookie of the year. Are are we saying Wemby for sure? Or, you know, are y'all team Chet? How y'all feeling about this? Yeah, I got, I got Wemby. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's close at the moment. That's why I think too. I'm Team Asar. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it, man. I'm Team Brandon Mill. Yo, no, Cav. What? First, first, first week of the season, Brandon. <laughs> you can't tell me Brandon Miller wasn't the best looking oh. rookie, yo. <laughs> Brandon Miller was genuinely He's first nice. week. Is he nice? No, he. He is nice. He is nice. No, but Asar is, Asar is one of them ones. Oh, hoopy wife. Asar is real. Brandon Miller had a really good run. I think, uh, you know, obviously Chet is having a hell of a, you know, he's, he's a guy who's averaging 50, 40, 90. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the last time a rookie had those stats to finish a season. I'm not sure Chet's going to finish there, but like to have that kind of start is impressive too, right? Like, you know, what are his stats currently at 57 and, and two? And he's averaging what? How many? Two and a half. Two, yeah, it's what, like two three stocks a game. a game. Yeah, so he's playing well, but it's just hard. I mean, that's the thing, too, right? Like, we look at the rookie of the year race, and we might, <clears throat> we might look at wins and losses and impact on the wins and losses as something as a key performance indicator between, you know, Wemby and Chet. And so, you know, for me, obviously, I would go with Wemby just because of, in terms of his individual performance, it's on another level. But Chet is playing, and any other in any other year, you'd probably look him as look at him as a rookie of the year candidate. No but he's also contributing to wins. Again, his team is better. the The, the talent around him is much better, and but he's supplementary to that. So, 
it might be worth looking into. I think that might be one of the conversations as we get closer to the award year to, um, you know, to the end of the season when they start awarding rookie of the year. Yeah. I feel like Wemby, you know, he's doing as good as he can with his situation. Cause you know, Jeremy Sohan, cool, you know, a little fire hygiene, Swiss army knife, but he's not a PG. And that's why I think, no. you know, if there is a team that I think would look to make like a decent size move, it's the Spurs. And there's a guy, maybe a couple guys I think they could like lock their eyes in on and potentially get number one, which is probably the most realistic one. I feel like Markel Fultz would do bits on that team. You know, he's a guy that's a really solid point guard. Definitely won't reach the heights of what would expected of him, but that's not his fault. But overall, when he's been healthy, when he's been contributing on the floor, it's been nothing but positive when it comes to the Orlando Magic. And even them looking at how the Magic's set up, you know, you have Cole Anthony, you have Anthony Black, you got Jet Howard. There's a lot of young guards that kind of fit the timeline a bit better. Because Markel, I think he's, what, 25, 26? So he's, like, maybe just on the cusp of it. But you put him on that Wemby team, could be doing could be doing nasty things. Another guy, you know, I don't know if he's going to get traded or, like, just going to be the odd man out of that team. But, man. Josh Giddy pairing with Wemby. Woo. That sounds like, like must see TV to me. And, you know, when you look at like, when it comes to the thunder, you know, I think he's almost the one that falls out in a sense when it comes to guys, they're going to have to pay in the near future. Cause you know, Shay's on his deal. Jalen Williams is for sure. Going to get a bag. Chet's for sure. Going to get a bag. Giddy. I feel like is a guy that just might tail off and just be, you know, like I said, the odd man out. Cause a lot of the things he does is valuable for sure. But you look at what Shea's able to do, the gravity he commands, and you know, as well as obviously all the draft capital they have, you know, it's it's not too I don't want to say too hard because you know, hitting on the draft is hard. But you know, it's not too bad to find another guy that like is as solid as it comes like to a guy like Giddy. So I think you put Giddy on the Spurs, Wemby might. Cause I I forgot what the stat was, but you know, there's like a stat or something where you look at like the potential points or whatever. But yeah, when you just look at like the the passes that Sohan's putting out, it's more like he I don't know if this makes any sense, but his passes look more like the second pass. If that makes sense, it looks more like the swingman kind of pass. But you know, I, that's not to say he can't develop into that, but. I just think Wemby would be it'd be more beneficial to have like a pure point guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man. I I just I just love watching him play. It's just Oh yes. It just he's so fucking good. I'm just you know, you explaining that it's just like damn, like he can make something out of nothing. And for a rookie to be able to do what he's doing and the confidence that he's exuding, like it's just he's just, he's on a whole nother level, man. I think it's just you watch him and you're like, because it's so interesting to watch because we've never seen anyone like it before. Definitely, and I think that's what's so intriguing about you know his style of play. Wemby, ooh, he could be a guy that jumps up to like twenty five and twelve next year. Like if he's this good right now, man, rookie of the year is yeah. only the beginning. Yeah, twenty five and twelve. I think is, I think it's doable. I think that feels like his career even. averages. Potentially, yeah. yeah. I feel like that. Alrighty, Wemby. Last last award or the major awards, and we got a couple fun ones. MVP. This is one that I feel like is. It's is one that's still very open. I'd say you know we've talked about the rookie of the year, DPOY, MIP. Those ones feel like at the moment is pretty solidified, but MVP is one where it's like, I think there's still a lot of wiggle room for guys, but how are you guys landing on this? Like this race at the moment? Uh, I think it's, I think it's Jokic running away with it at the moment. Okay. I don't think it's close to be honest. Oh, um, I quickly looked at his stats and I think he was averaging 30, 13 or something 
an eight. Those are those are definitely MVP level numbers. I, I just don't, I just don't think that there's I don't think it's close right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, if if <clears throat> the Celtics pull away, I'll give Tatum a little bit more love. Um, Luca's having an insane year too, no doubt. But um, and Joel, Joel too. Like I, I can't forget about Joel and the hot start he's had. I mean, the other night, what did he have? Forty and twelve or something like that. Yeah. Just. Absolutely bonkers, but... <laughs> kind of shit the bed today, though. Yeah, I mean, statistically, impact, like, there, it's hard to, to to deny Jokic at this point after we gave, like, the pity MVP to Joel last year when, quite frankly, it should have been Jokic's. Uh, and not to say that Joel didn't, it didn't, um, didn't deserve it, but, you know, there's a lot of the conversation was voters fatigue, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to always want to give it to the same guy over and over again. And I think LeBron felt some of that and which I think, you know, he should have won two or three more MVPs during his time in the league. But <clears throat> yeah, I think it's Jokic's. I don't know if it's really close in my opinion. What uh what seed were the Nuggets yeah, during Jokic's first MVP? Or like wasn't there wasn't there an MVP? Because Russ is the last one I, or the firm one I know for sure, to where they weren't like a top echelon like team, but he still won MVP. Was that the case for Jokic too? For his first one? Let's quickly take a look. Because that's, that's how I'm going to lean I into it. I personally think they were a top three team. Were they still top yeah, three? Yeah, I think they were. And was that not yeah, the I think year the that Denver, uh, Jamal yeah. was injured? His first one? That sounds right. Because, yeah, he went. No, no. Yeah, they were, sec- they were second in the Northwest. They were 47 and 25, and, and they lost in the conference semis to the Suns in the what second was, round. Wait, if they were 47 and 25, what was that in the conference? If I'm not mistaken. Um, hold on a second. Ruben's double checking here, but for me. You know, I, I feel like, yeah, Jokic has definitely put his paws on it initially. But man, they're third in the West. They're still third? That's not terrible. Yeah. Luca, though. I mean, that's, no, I mean, that's, that's like in your top three. That's, yeah. That's if the, if the Mavs finish top three, I think Luca is for sure looking at his first MVP and potentially many. Because even when you look at it, he's had, not only the stats to back it up, but he's had a lot of MVP moments. I mean, you know, he's had, what, oh, two game winners on the year already? Yeah, sorry to interrupt. The year you're thinking of is actually the 22 year when they were 48 and 34 and they finished sixth in the conference. But I think that year was sort of like, it was a toss up considering the fact that, you know, they were 14 games over 500. That, that was year. his That was his first MVP though, right? That was his second one. The second one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, but I feel like his his numbers were so gaudy compared to everybody else's. But, yeah, that year. Yeah, but either way, I I feel like for me personally, I think it's I think Luca's the not the front runner because I think yeah I definitely feel like right now Jokic is. I mean, they're doing this also without Jamal Murray. You know. Yeah. They've only lost like, I don't think they've lost since uh, the Timberwolves game, right? No. Yeah, damn. I don't think so. But yeah, for for me, I think Lucas carved out a lot of not only just MVP stats, but you know, he's had a lot of those moments as well so far this season. But man, it's it's gonna be a dope race this year for sure. All right. We didn't mention we didn't talk about this earlier, but speaking of uh races and you know the fact that the Nuggets have done very well without Jamal Murray. What is your guys' outlook on the Clippers so far with the the less than satisfactory beginning that they've had in the James Harden era? Because they're what, 0-5? Yeah, they have not won a game I think they're now 0-6. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think, Chin? Because, like, I have I have different thought about them, but like I I'm genuinely mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what you think about this team, even before the Harden trade. 
I mean, before the Harden trade, I think Paul George was looking much more aggressive. And I think they're just trying to honestly figure out what this team looks like on the floor. And there's been a lot of criticism that I think I agree with that there's just not a world where Westbrook and Harden can be playing like overlap, like constant overlapping minutes together. I think there has to be a way that James Harden becomes the facilitator on the team. I don't think at this point in his career, to be completely honest, that he's a great off-ball player just because he's not one to really, you know, space the floor or be proactive about spacing the floor like someone like Steph Curry, for example, right, who can play off the ball. Um, And he demands the ball in his hands, but it doesn't mean he's going to be the James Harden that takes all the shots. It's just the matter of being the James Harden that starts the play and finishes and sometimes finishes the play. Whereas I think Westbrook wants to be that same player too, but thing is Westbrook does not really allow for teams to garner interest in him being on the floor like in terms of guarding him like people will play a a man-to-man defense when Westbrook's on the floor because one man can handle him nowadays right and Harden's just going to stand there PG's going to wait for the shot Kawhi's going to wait for the shot and I think they're just like they don't really have a way to play actively right now they look they look slow but I do think they're going to turn turn out for the better. They're, they're just too good of a team to, to see a bad season with this roster. Definitely. I wholly agree with that. You know, Ty Lu said give them 10 games. But I think you got to give them something like 20. Because I, I think the first yeah. thing I've noticed through the first few games is that the rotations have been a little wonky. Like, I don't know if y'all saw, what was the, the, was it the Grizzlies game or whatever game there was like a close, uh, the kind of in clutch time. And then Russell Westbrook got subbed out for James Harden. And, you know, I feel like Ty Lue was doing that mainly just to see how he could operate within that situation. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of meshing. That needs to happen, and that's why I'm saying you give him 20 games. Because yeah, I I agree. James Harden, it's like the idea is a lot better than what you've gotten so far, and you know he just plays a very, very lackadaisical basketball. I guess is the way I'd put it. You know, he he plays like a guy that isn't expecting to have much responsibility outside of like, you know, being the point of attack and playmaking from that kind of thing, but. Yeah, I think how they need to operate is, yeah, they need to offset those minutes a lot better, but they just need to play through Kawhi and PG and then let James and Russ kind of get theirs out of that. But, you know, they'll figure it out for sure. How are you thinking about it, Ruben? So, like, it's a lot to unpack, but, like, I kind of initially said that the Clippers, in terms of their depth, like, I thought that this team was going to be pretty solid, and it it was heading in that right direction, and, but I think, regardless, this team has a lot to figure out, because there's so many moving parts and pieces constantly every season, they, they, there hasn't been any real stability other than Tyron Liu, PG, and Kawhi every season. Even Kawhi's so been like a little that. iffy at times. Well, yeah, because of the health, right? The health, and even with PG, like the health, like health is like they've they've lacked consistency and stability, and quite frankly, it's just always been a curse within that that franchise. That you know, your Chris Paul, you know, getting hurt, Blake Griffin getting hurt, and you can go all the way back to like their special players like Sean Livingston, and you know that deadly injury before finding his way to the to Golden State. It just <clears throat> there's a history where this team, this franchise just seems to struggle with injuries and health. And so, you know, I had said that this team was going to be, you know, a top four, top five, potentially. I thought they were going to be contender right out, right out the gate. And so, and then we had touched on this a bit when James got traded there. I said, like this team, I think from a talent perspective is as good as it gets on the floor, but in terms of fit, it's going to be really difficult for them to figure out. And we talked about this too, DJ. We were like, Okay, so who's going to be the guy that comes off the bench? Who's going to be the guy that can run with the bench unit to give them positive minutes on the bench? Considering this, despite, you know, trading Robert Covington, trading all the other guys that they did, they still have some form of depth on this roster. 
you know, whether it's Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, excuse me, um, you know, Bones Highland, uh, obviously Plumlee's up with injury for a little bit. You know, this team still has pieces to work with, and <clears throat> I think it's going to take a lot of figuring out. I still think with James that this team is very capable of, of ending up in the top six. Um, and I think a lot of it falls, quite frankly, on Tyron Liu, really on, like, lineup utilization. I think there has to be some sort of system set in place when all four of those guys are on the floor, because right now it looks like a free-for-all on the court. And I get it, they probably haven't had enough practice time to get in the court and really mesh and to really understand where guys want to be in tendencies and stuff like that. But they have to figure it out. Like they have to figure out some sort of something, some sort of calling card. Cause right now that those four with Zubach, there's not enough spacing for it to be effective. Number one, number two, all guys need the ball and really PG in my opinion, is pretty much the only guy who's really efficient without the ball. Mm. Right, and obviously a guy like Zubach can't space mm-hmm. the floor, and so, you know, a lot of the same problem that problems that Toronto has, but they just have better players. But again, they're zero and zero and five, zero and six in this run, and James isn't playing at game game shape. Like he's certainly not in shape right now. He's certainly not ready to play like thirty to thirty six minutes a night. So I think it's I would give this team maybe ten more games. 10 15 more games before I start hitting the panic button because it's still fairly early into the season. I think they got to figure things out, and I think this team, in terms of its talent, is too good not to figure it out. But by yeah, but maybe in the next 15 20 games, if they still look like this and they're way below 500, then I'm going to start hitting the panic button because you know, there's only you know, you said it in our chat offline with, with regarding to the Raptors game, but sometimes it's a little too little too late. And, um, you know, I think this team needs to... I think a lot of it falls on Tyron Lue, quite frankly. Yeah. But I, I, I think agree. they can still be contenders, though. Because how do you have a team... Like, I know, like, in terms of fit, that's a problem. But in terms of, on like, on-court talent, James, Russ, Kawhi, and PG on any given night is as good as any any team that you're going to see on the floor. It's just a matter of fit, yeah, and a that, lot of the times it comes down to the coach. I agree. Yeah, you just got to give him some time. Yeah. And some sacrifice, too. There needs to be a little bit of sacrifice. True. Hey. Clippers got Daniel Tice, so all is well. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that was actually a pretty good backup budget. That's a sneaky. That could be a sneaky good one when you're like looking at who's gonna take over the Plumlee minutes because, you know, solid dude stretches the floor as well. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just you. I mean, we've seen it. The Bucks are struggling, and it's a the the Bucks are struggling, and it's evidence that it's hard to really implement these high usage guys into systems where there's already like nucleuses and guys who are your primary like ball handlers so you know it'll take a while to gel but when it does man it's gonna be nasty all right last little segment before we sign off here because you know ruben's gotta get to some meetings who would y'all say has been the biggest surprise this year could be a positive could be a negative maybe you got multiples but you know player team whatever everything's fair game here what do you guys think has been the biggest surprise of the season so far I think it's got to be Minnesota, honestly. Like, I'm not saying I didn't expect them to eventually be a good team, but they've really come out the gate and shown that they can be a team together. Like, they're playing really, really great basketball, and they look like a real team. They're really fantastic. And I think... the fact that... Sorry to cut you off. The fact that they're they're getting it done on the defensive end, too? I thought their calling card would be offense. But sorry, continue. My bad. No, I, I mean, it's just like you see players like cat kind of get in a lot of ridicule for not being on that level that he could be, but he's really starting to form his own and understand how to play with Rudy more. And I think it's the same with Rudy where he's really understanding how to contribute to like Rudy tonight. Okay. Well, they lost tonight. It's not a good example, but Rudy tonight. And I think a lot of nights is only putting up maybe four to 10 points, but he's grabbing all the rebounds and he's, he's putting up the blocks. He's really closing in the paint and, like that's kind of what you want from Rudy Gobert when he's playing beside two 
heavily offensive players to like relieve those players on the defensive side so that when you know they go to play defense they have that energy to play on the offensive side and I, I mean Ant looks like honestly like if he could continue to be the way he is this season he's playing at a like sub MVP level as well honestly he's definitely like looking like an all NBA guy this year yeah yeah what about you Rube yeah Houston oh yeah Houston. yeah talk three, about three, it three night. yeah I I said they were gonna be shite bro so I mean, like obviously I'm, I'm eating. You know, I said the same thing about Minnesota too, right? Like I think these are two teams that I didn't see doing very well. And um, you know, sometimes I forget that number one, you know, the Timberwolves lacked a lot of good health last year, and I think again, stability is really important. They didn't open the season with um, with Jaden McDaniel's, but he's come onto his own, starting choking out guys and starting fights. But you know. <laughs> um, Timberwolves look good, man, and 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 the Ant ascension is real. But the Houston Rockets, yeah, like that—that that was to me the most surprising thing because I didn't realize, of course, like when you look at a team like Toronto and you have Fred on that guy on that team, and you know you're asking him to be the only floor spacer, and then you bring him onto a team like Houston where they have multiple guys who can space the floor. I mean, just the fit itself, like, it seems like very much like Fred is the Lonzo Ball of what Chicago was a couple of years ago, where Fred is able to get guys in control. He's able to, I mean, his shooting splits and his shooting numbers haven't been great, but sometimes it takes that shift in culture. You know, you don't have a guy like, um, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. in your locker room anymore throwing stuff at people. Yeah. But you got Fred in there who's leading the way and, and Dylan Brooks who's obviously brought a lot of confidence on the floor and it feels like when you got a guy like Dylan Brooks, you could say the same thing about a guy like Draymond. You could say the same thing about a guy like Pat Bev. Is when you guys have when you have guys like this on your side, you know, you feel a lot more comfortable on the floor. You can feel a lot more confident. You feel like there's makes gonna, you, you lock know, a guy in more, especially you, on the defense. Makes you end. lock in, yeah, yeah. exactly. And Alperin Sangoon, like his his ascension, he's been playing really well. He's a guy that I think I would add in terms of individuals who's been surprising. Like he looks like a top ten center right now in the league. So I think everything is clicking, and and we forget that you know, despite all the stuff, you know. Basketball, strictly, Emi Udoka is still one of the better basketball minds in the league, right? So, uh, yeah, you know, very well. That's off to those guys, man. They're playing good. Yeah. For me, we got to get out of here in a bit. I think it's just how bad the Pistons and the Trailblazers have been because, you know, I was under the impression that these would be like those fun to watch, you know, bad teams, but it's not even like, it's like the the Trailblazers especially has been very like lackluster, but I think just the main reason for that is a lot of injuries. You know, Anthony Simons goes out early in the year. Can't wait to see him back. Scoot, you know, not only is he looking a little rough, but you know now he's dealing with an injury. The Pistons though is weird because like, man, Cade looks great, but he just turns over the ball so often. Like, it's gone to the point where, could y'all have really imagined Killian Hayes being as good as he's been this year? Like, he's no. looking like I mean, a guy that, like, could potentially get a second contract right now. Yeah, well, he played really well to end last year. and I Yeah, think, uh, true. Yeah, that momentum carried in. He looks like a real NBA player now. Like, he, mm. uh, you know, him and, him and Malachi Flynn have been surprisingly good <laughs> NBA players this year, so... That's, that's a good that's yeah. a good deep cut right there yeah yeah he's not gonna be he's not gonna be learning chinese just yet nah he's on <laughs> that's crazy. he's on the watch list but guan <laughs> <laughs> dong might want to hold off on the cover bit man yeah that's a great place to end there y'all got any last things to get out uh, Cleveland has been surprisingly bad. I thought they were yeah. gonna be a top three. I said it last last two pods ago. I was like, Cleveland's gonna be top three over, I think over Milwaukee and potentially over the 76ers. That could and, be. Uh, clearly, I was wrong. Bro, that could be a team where if they get something like this, like a Zach Levine, not nah, maybe not a fire sale, but just oh, a bit of a little too. Nah, the, the Bulls look like they're about to have have a fire sale though. 
Yeah, but we said we were gonna. We already said that we were gonna blow that team up True. when we True. did our rankings. So, goddamn, scootable. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Cavs need to blow it up, but you know, it's not looking fruitful for a Donovan Mitchell extension at the moment. <laughs> I just want them to fire sale it so we, we have, uh, Toronto has another chance of saying we 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 got close to the finish line, and then Donovan Mitchell goes somewhere else, somewhere else. Mm. So. <laughs> that's the goodest place to end it there alrighty all we appreciate you tuning into this episode till next time stay safe stay blessed see y'all soon back shots back shots back shots back shots pod 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 Uh Uh oh